Hey, it's Davis, and happy New Year's. Look, today is going to be an awesome recording, because right now we're going to go over the top 10 transformation secrets that will skyrocket you past 2020 and beyond. So you know what? Let's just get right to it. Hi. My name is Davis, and I'm part of a group you've probably never heard of. We can't be defined by the mainstream as together we're the face of a movement. And because we all know that what type 2 diabetes can do to us and the people that we love, we want all the possibilities to live in the life that we deserve. Since we're fighting for ourselves, the people that we love, and for one another, we have to play the game different. We have to play the game smarter. Because the faster we spread our message and help each other out, the faster we're saving lives. The faster we're saving lives, the faster we're saving families. And the faster we're saving families, the faster people just like you and I change the world forever. So if no one's ever told you, let me be the first to tell you right now that you have every single right to live in the life that you've always wanted, that you have every single thing that it takes within you to crush type 2 diabetes on your own terms, and don't ever let anyone take that from you. Now, if you ask someone stuck in the past, they tell you what we're doing is impossible, yet it's happening every single day, all because we chose life over type 2, and these are our stories. Now, on a personal note, since we know what works for everybody is different, do not use any of this information to treat, cure, or diagnose type 2 diabetes or any other metabolic condition as any and all changes must come from your doctor's care. I'm simply sharing what's taken me from a total diet failure since I was a kid, then turned morbidly obese and diagnosed type 2 diabetic and ultimately told that I'd probably end up dying the same way that my grandfather did to completely turning everything around and now sharing everything in the hopes to save as many lives and the hopes to save as many families that deal and struggle with the same metabolic condition that I have. So if you haven't already, go ahead and like, subscribe, share this information, and let's get on with the show. Hey, it's Davis. Are you a type 2 diabetic? Have you ever gone from like diet to diet, you know, with like these different ups and downs, and in the end, you just wanted the freedom to be yourself, right? Or maybe you're like me, where you've, you know, gone online, and you watch all these other people, like Facebook groups, or on the internet, or whatever, completely turn a page, turn their lives around, and you're like wondering, like, Man, when's it finally going to be my turn, right? Look, if any of this sounds familiar to you, for you, I've made a 21-day free blood sugar challenge. That's right. It's a free 21-day blood sugar challenge, and you can get it right now at lifeovertype2.com backslash 21 days. That's lifeovertype2.com backslash 21 days. In it, I reveal all kinds of stuff that you'll probably never see anywhere else. Everything from like the highlighter trick that I use to completely shortcut the success behind a lot of these different type 2 diabetes diets out there without any of the headache, the strain, or any of the pressure and really the stalls and the breakups that a lot of these other people are going through with those diets, right? At the same time, I show you everything from like how I lost my first 75 pounds without any drugs, exercise, or any hardcore dieting whatsoever. And I even show you the three-step A1C shortcut. And you can get it all right now for free at lifeovertype2.com backslash 21 days. Again, that's lifeovertype2.com backslash 21 days super super stoked well anyways let's get right to it so um here we go so um the 10 top 10 transformation secrets that'll skyrocket you past 2020 and beyond now look um let me tell you right now um super super stoked i'm not really spending a lot of time on social media right now only because um i'm gonna be doing a live 21 day transformation challenge um you know long story short um for all my friends and family that don't know Essentially, I had um, recorded, and if you've ever seen the show Fit to Fat to Fit with Drew Manning, um, you know, where he actually had this show where like trainers and all these other people would literally meet with a client and 
almost like these reality show things where, you know, like instead of just drill sergeanting the, the big person, what the trainer would do is actually gain all this weight. They would throw their health out the window and completely, you know, just put on all this weight and all this other stuff and then come back to the contestant and then lose it. Well, I actually did that. Um, I was, that inspired me to do the same thing for type two diabetics. Long story short, I ended up doing that and then my hard drive crashed and then with all my progress on it and I was just like, Oh no. So I was like, you know what? Like maybe I could just do it live. And so, yeah, to be totally honest, I'm totally not perfect. I ate a little sideways here, you know, during Christmas time or whatever. Um, but yeah, you know, if I could actually just kind of like humble myself, be just that transparent, um, more than anything, I'd love to share, you know, with you how I'm able to really kind of get things under control. Very, very little work, uh, make it look really, really easy because it really is easy. In fact, what I want to do right now is give you the top 10 transformation secrets that will skyrocket you past 2020 and beyond. So let's just get right to it. Okay. Here's the, here's the big shocker. I'm gonna tell you right now. Okay. Number one is don't race for 20 pounds of crap in a two pound bag. Okay. And here's what I mean. Whenever we look at like different gyms and stuff like that, especially on January, right? The very, very first week of January, um, they're packed. You know what I mean? Like everybody and their mom is just going crazy on, you know, every single kind of diet and every single kind of gym or whatever. And then you walk into the same gym around March and then like, 80% of the people are gone. You know what I mean? And the next thing you know, by the time it's like May, like if it's barely the people getting ready for summer or whatever, those are the only folks coming in. But the vast majority of those are nowhere near anybody that ever started on January. And then let's say you make it all the way to like, you know, November, it's like crickets, right? The only folks coming in at that point are really just going to be the folks that are coming in anyway. Um, so anyways, what we can do and put it in its place and really like stop ourselves from playing that game with ourselves or even maybe going down that merry going on that merry-go-round over and over is to really just kind of like stop and focus on building easy wins. Okay. And here's what I mean by that. Okay. Like the real transformational thing. And if you really want to like look at anybody who has a really solid routine and they make it look super easy, you're like, wow, like how do you do that? Right. This, the fact of the matter is, is really just a big accumulation of stacking very, very easy wins and then making that part of the foundation, part of their daily routine, part of what they do every single day, whether they're thinking about it or they're thinking about it or not. Okay. And here's what I mean by that. If we were to like maybe step back and maybe just go out onto the internet or something and look like any, look at anything from like, you know, gingivitis or gum disease or whatever, right. Just to put a random thing out there and you're like, wow, like this is crazy. I don't want my mouth to go rotten. And you're like, how do you fight that? And you're like, oh yeah, you got to brush your teeth. And you're like, dude, I've been doing that since day one I ever had teeth. You know what I mean? Like what, what the heck? Right. Same exact thing. And here's what I mean by that. Okay. So let me give you some really good, um, some really, really easy examples on how to do this in regards to, um, if you're looking at like eat to like lose weight or even control your blood sugar with very little work. Okay. So when I first started doing this, um, I started, um, really like eating a lot of fast food and to be totally honest. I still eat out a lot. Okay. And one of the things that I typically do to keep like, not only like keep my weight down, but also keep my blood sugar in order is really start with foods that I already love. Okay. Play with foods that I already or start eating foods that I already love that happen to serve my purpose. And when I do this, when I'm eating out, that's very simple. That's something like a protein burger, right? If I go to a Mexican restaurant, which we love hole in the wall, Mexican, like tacos, burritos or whatever, right? Super, super simple. Give me some street tacos. Maybe I got to scrap the tortilla as phenomenal as they taste, right? But then go ahead and give me something like, you know, um, give me some extra cheese. Give me guacamole. Give me some sour cream. No big deal. I can still eat like I'm at the county fair. I can stuff my face. And not necessarily feel bad about it, okay? 
um, you know, go to the Chinese place. It's it's wintertime as we're obviously recording this, uh, you know, January 1st. Okay, cool. Give me some wonton soup, no wontons, extra protein. Done. Okay. Now, here and why is how that is so important. Okay. And so if you were to step back and regardless of where, you know, you would ever catch me, whether I'm already like a hundred over a little over a hundred pounds down or whatever, if you're like Davis, you have to start all over again or Davis, like you want to get off the merry-go-round and like stop playing this game with yourself and you have to stop, start at square one again. All right. Simple, you know, drive through burgers, tacos, and Chinese food, right? Like that's not hard at all. Those are easy wins that regardless of where I go in life, like I'll always have those in my back pocket. Okay. So that's like, that's number one. Number two is going to be, be the first to move. Okay. Like be, 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 be the first to move. And here's what I mean by that. Okay. Like the second that you find something that serves you. Okay. It's almost like the real game here when it comes to like turning everything around and really like setting things that'll turn things around for, you know, yourself or really what you want to do like 2020 is it's almost like mining for gold or like mining for oil, right? So you're out there, you're testing, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're trying things out, you're trying things out. The second that you find something that serves you, the, the second that you find something that really kind of like resonates with you, okay, be the first to go deep, okay? Go really, really deep. The last thing that you want to do is like find something that serves you and like turn your back on it, okay? Once you find something kind of like mining for oil or, you know, for, for gold again, the second that you hit pay dirt, you don't leave it go deep, go full immersion. Okay. Like live it, breathe it, eat it, wash your skin with it, do all this other stuff and then feel free to go ahead and like, you know, um, really just kind of like wear it in and make that part of your routine at the same time. Once you get to a, a certain like level of maturity, if you will, like for example, um, different diet after diet after diet, I was that guy at one time, especially when I was going like, obviously I'm like a low carb guy, but you know, there was a time in my life where I was just like, you know what? There's no such thing as essential carbohydrate, which is obviously true, but I'll like beat my chest with it and be like, well, you know what I mean? And at the same time, like, okay, great. At one point in my, my diabetic journey, it helped me get things under control. It helped me control my blood sugar. It helped me you know, do all this other stuff, hundred percent drug free. However, you know, what gets you to the dance doesn't necessarily always get you to the next phase or the next, you know, part of maturation or, or really just like the next level that we're looking for. And here's what I mean by that. Like, by the time you cross over, right. And things are like where you're at and like you hit your blood sugar, or you hit your numbers and your blood panels, where you're at, where you want it to be beating your chest over and over and over for like the next year, year and a half, two years it's not going to serve us, right? It doesn't do it. It's not going to make any difference. And so obviously that, that turns into something else. Right. And so for me personally, I had to stop and I was like, okay, like there's a much bigger picture here. So like who else has the same issues that I have? And like, what's the next thing that I can look forward to? And like, so for a lot of people, me being on XYZ diet, I couldn't help but realize like, Hey, what if I get tired eating the same thing? What if I, hit a plateau. What if my body changes over time and the diet doesn't change? Like, am I going to keep myself with a glass roof over my head? Like, no, of course not. Right. So what I mean by that is like, once we understand that, like we can now stop and like, stop playing that game with ourselves. And they st start saying like, Hey, like, how can I get around this? Like, what's the fastest, easy and most effective thing that we can now test. I'm actually kind of getting ahead of myself, but be the first to move, be the first, the, the second that, that, you know, you start to get into something, be the first one to test outside of it as well. Go full immersion 
and then that way you're not necessarily stuck. Okay. Um, because here's the thing, like, um, if you ever find yourself in a place where you're, you're going down a road and you think that you're going to end up being trapped, like perfect example. Okay. Like you, we see this in a lot of different dietary groups and to be totally honest, like, sure, it might be helpful in the very beginning, but I think in the end, we're not really doing ourselves any favors in that, um, perfect example. Okay. So like when I did the whole zero carb thing for anybody I don't mean this bad on zero carb. You know, here, let's, let's look at both sides of the coin, okay? Like, just so nobody feels left out or whatever. And if you feel weird about looking at diets, like, you know, beat your chest on whatever diet, just whenever I say a diet's name, think of, like, the rocks and running shoes diet, okay? Anyways, here's what I'm saying, is that when I was beating my chest saying zero carb, like, nobody needs an essential carbohydrate, sure, that's true. However, if you were to say, okay, Davis, then don't eat them then, and what spread out that timeline for anybody beating their chest saying that over the next five, 10 or 15 years, you can't help but notice that like those numbers drop like a rock and it has nothing to do. And look, I'll put it the other on the other side. Okay. Same with like, you know, raw vegan, right? Like when we look at how many people are crushing it. Okay. And we ask a very simple and honest and transparent question of, okay, great. How many people had tried and failed for that one person to make it? Right. And you're like, oh, yeah, it sucks. You know what I mean? You're like, okay, well, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, and we look at the fact that, hey, we have a metabolic condition. Like, do I really want to like bet my life on that? Like, no, probably not. You know? And then when I, when I would look at other people fighting a much bigger and much more focused game, for example, okay, perfect, perfect example is I'll give you two actual examples, especially a big fan of the low carb movement, which I am. Um, two doctors, one, a gentleman by the name of Dr. Will Cole. Okay. And then another gentleman by the name of, uh, Dr. Uh, Ted Nyman. Okay. And actually I'll give, I'll give another one out there. Um, Paul, and I forgot his name. I'm super, super sorry, but name goes by carnivore MD. Okay. And here's what he's, here's what they were saying, um, in their podcast together in that, um, because Ted is in a clinical practice where he's helping people just like you and I, every single day, he brings up all these issues like, Hey, like, okay, cool. Like we can tell this person this. However, what if they get tired? What if, you know, eating the same thing? What if they hit a plateau? What if they get to the point where they can't lose like that last 20 pounds? You know what I mean? And they become demoralized. Like, are we now going to let that person completely unravel? And that normally, if you've ever seen people do diets for long times, that's typically where they end up turning their back completely on what got them there in the first place, right? That's literally like the definition of yo-yo dieting, right? And I think it was uh, Dr. Will Cole when he was talking about his practice, okay? And he would be working with his people, same thing. Like people might get tired of eating the same thing forever. Some people might get tired, you know, um, or their body might hit a position where they, they get older and the, the the macros need to change a little bit, right? Um, the the physiology of that person changes, right? So perfect example, um, you know, I'm not 20 anymore. If you were to give me alcohol, I don't even drink, but if you were to give me alcohol like I was 20 again, it's not going to work out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm going to be two sheets to the wind, like sniffing a cork versus, you know, um, drinking like I once did. And that's just liquid. You know what I mean? 
Um, perfect example with my parents. As my parents got older, my mom and my dad are in probably the best health they've ever been in years. They are on the, you know, they're obviously not completely low carb like I am, but they've gotten away from eating too much rice. They don't eat as many, you know, refined carbohydrates. They try to stay away from sugar. At the same time, they kind of went in two different directions. My dad does really well eating high protein and doing a lot of you know, resistance and weightlifting training. And this is a guy who had spinal surgery and lost like 90% of the use of his arms completely almost back to normal. My mom, on the other hand, she, um, you know, eats a lot of vegetables and does a lot of walking. And yeah, she also does resistance training on machines. However, I'm not going to go like high five to my dad and then like look at my mom in the face and slap her in the face because they're both happy. You know what I mean? No, like they're at that point where they've now matured to the point where it's like, hey, my, my panel's happy. I'm happy. I got a smile on my face. Like, that's it. You know, just that simple. Okay. So at the end of the day, again, be the first to move. Okay. Be, 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 be that first to move. So the second that you start to see things change, be the first to move and get out of that. Test new things. All right. And then that way you keep, you know, once you, especially if you have a strong foundation, you can actually cycle out, test new things. Some things will work. Some things won't work. You can circle right back around and you'll always have that foundation to quickly and easily implement. Okay. Now, when it comes to trying new things, number three, um, you know, secret number three is really going to be test, measure and set things on fire. Okay. Look, I don't care if you are a single parent, um, you know, whether you're a mom who's really good at like making the, I was talking about my aunt Melody, right? If you're a mom who, who's, who's really, who's really good at, uh, you know, like managing the books in the house. Okay. Or if you're, you know, working professional, you know how to manage people and hours and budgets, right? You're like, Hey, I can only have this person on for so many hours because we only have so much money. Or if you're a professional who works with budgets or works with people's finances or or, you know, measures metrics or deals with numbers in any way, which typically all managers do, right? You already like know that you got to like manage those numbers, right? So first and foremost, everything that gets measured gets managed, gets done. Okay. At the end of the day, what I mean by that is two things. One, if our doctor is going to look at blood panel numbers to tell us if we're doing a good job or a bad job, we might as well look at them too, right? Like might as well look at the same thing that our doctor is going to look at because for the vast majority of us chasing our tails with, you know, like this, this, this science guru, doctor guru or whatever said this or that and whatever. And they're not, they have no inkling as to what your specific physiology is or like what's going to make you happy or what's going to work for your body. And at the end of the day, your doctor is going to look at like your blood numbers you might as well look at your blood numbers now, okay? Especially if you are a type 2 diabetic, right? The beautiful thing about that is that we don't know who's BSing us. And the beautiful thing about us versus any other metabolic condition is that we have a BS meter, right? Like we can tip ourselves and we get a blood pressure meter to see, hey, look, if some diet guru says this, we can stick it in our mouth, push a button or, you know, tip ourselves and find out what the answer is. Find out what the number is for us. Maybe that person means well, right? But maybe it just didn't work out for us. Okay. So um, again, test, measure and set things on fire. And here's what I mean by that. When I say set things on fire, when we look at like, you know, um, when we get enamored, at least I know I did with all this cool information out there that leads on to another level of like, you know, looking at different case study information, right? Um, if you follow me on YouTube, I actually, um, 
made a video called, you know, the secret Google for like type two diabetics. Honestly, all it really is, is the um, public access to the National Institutes of Health Library held by the NIH, right? The National Institutes of Health. Um, and so all we can now do by using a simple search engine like that is you can use it on anything from like dietary supplements, cancer. If your doctor is giving you like, you know, advice or like information on certain body parts, feel free to use that engine because not only is it access to scientific case study information, annals, um, you know, scientific research, the public library of science, the, you know, journal of, you know, uh, of, 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 um, of, uh, of, of, uh, diabetes, uh, diabetes and obesity, just publications from around the world. You now have instant access to not only access it right on top of that, at the end of the day, like not everybody's going to live their life according to a case study. You know what I mean? Like not everybody's going to do that. So what I mean by set it on fire is, Hey, I mean, try it out. If it works out great, set it on fire. If it works for you. Awesome. The next level is, is, is this something that we're going to do every single day? If not, dude, chuck it. You know what I mean? The very, very last thing that you ever want to do when you're trying to turn yourself around or maybe even try a new food is keep shoving it in your mouth and you hate it. Like that's just a really good setup for failure. Okay. And that's what nobody wants. Right. Um, so that's going to be, uh, what was that? Number three, number four is here's the biggest question that really like made things easy for me and really kind of made things so super simple. And it's a simple question. Okay. And here it is. Okay. Continually ask yourself, what's the fastest, easiest, and most effective way to implement this. Okay. If you want to make progress, obviously we all know we got to get to work at the same time. We don't want to chase our own tail, right? So again, if we already know that we're going to test and measure things, right? For example, dude, perfect, perfect example. Let me give you the, um, really for, like for the both of these. Okay. When I say test, measure and set things on fire and continually ask yourself, what's the fastest, easiest, and most effective way, right? To implement this and test this. Okay. This really kind of dawned on me when I bought, you know, the, uh, the ketone meter, the, um, precision extra, right. And, um, I bought, I accidentally bought the wrong strips. I bought the blood strips and being way too lazy to return them. I was just like, whatever, I'm gonna go ahead and keep them. And I ended up keeping, I bought the wrong strips and I bought the blood strips instead of the ketone strips. Okay. Anyways, way too lazy to return them. I just figured, Hey, what I'm gonna use these things anyway. Right. Next thing you know, I'm just doing my regular, you know, routine or whatever. I come home after a fast workout, I tip myself. I'm at like 62. And the next thing you know, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm just testing myself over and over and over just to find out. Like I was once at one time, super paranoid about gluconeogenesis. If you don't know what that is, that's just nerd words in the keto community or low carb community saying, Hey, look, if you eat too much protein that, you know, it's going to go ahead and turn into glucose. And then obviously, you know, that's too much carbohydrate or whatever. Um, look at the end of the day, my dad brought some brisket, stuffed my bloody face. Okay. Like stuffed my face till I was like blue in the face. Okay. I love barbecue. Long story short, I tipped myself 
no big deal. Like my blood sugars were still totally normal. And I was like on the verge of like dang near puking because I ate so much. Okay. At the same time, same exact thing happened when I was still doing keto. Um, I had these uh, keto style uh, Brussels sprouts. You've probably seen the recipe floating around. I think Tasty does it or someone else has done it. Basically, it's like, you know, Brussels sprouts um, with cheese, garlic, butter and like bacon on top. You know what I mean? And yeah, so basically, long story short, I had like eight grams left. Um, of a 20 gram protocol. I bring these things out of the freaking oven. I stuffed my face. Okay. Like the smell of, you know, garlic, butter, cheese and bacon hits me in the face. Yeah, dude. Eight grams. My cheeks, dude. I stuffed my face. You know what I mean? Stuffed and check my blood sugar. Still totally normal post meal. If you want to get, you know, nerdy on it, post prandial. Okay. That's just like fancy nerds were for saying like after you ate. Okay. Like after a meal. Anyway, long story short, blood numbers, numbers were still totally normal. Okay. And then that basically showed me, Hey, look, all these different things Two th- actually showed me two things. Number one, that's probably a huge why reason why as to why keto is so devastatingly effective for type two diabetics okay? and high five to that first and foremost. Amen. High five. Hallelujah. Number two, it also taught me if I'm being totally honest that we, I did not have to jump through nowhere near that many hoops to have normal blood sugar. Okay. And that, once I understood that, that now gave me the freedom. I can now take that time, money, and energy and put it into different things. Like, for example, I can now start to implement that time, money, and energy to, like, exercise. I can now implement that into sleep. I can now implement that into maybe just, you know, um, giving myself a quiet time in the morning or whatever that is. Okay. Um, but yeah, continually ask yourself what's the fastest, easiest, and most effective way to implement this. Okay. So obviously we all know, especially with the, you know, with the huge high five that we get with 2020 new year's resolutions, all this other stuff, we want to get out there and get it to, you know, get to work at the same time, asking ourselves that question is literally like, like two, uh, you know, uh, lumberjacks going out there. One has a dull ax. The other one literally takes just takes five minutes every morning and five minutes throughout the day to sharpen his ax. One person's out there swinging this dull instrument. The other one is literally getting way more done, way less effort, taking way more breaks. Right. And yeah, anyways, um, that's that. Okay. So at the end of the day, um, again, continue to ask yourself what's the fastest, easiest, and most effective way to go ahead and implement this. Okay. The next one. Okay. So number five is going to be use what works for you, make it yours and scrap everything that doesn't serve you. Okay. At the end of the day, what you can't help but notice, whether it's a different workout group, um, you know, whether you're in a low carb group, a keto Mediterranean, a non-denominational type two diabetic group, what you'll typically find is that different combinations work for different people. Okay. And what really kind of inspires me, perfect example is that I'm in this one diabetic group where we've got like older ladies doing like, you know, like water aerobics. Okay. We've got uh, people doing like, you know, deadlifts. We've got people, you know, riding a bike. We've got people just going for walks. We got people doing Zumba or whatever. At the end of the day, none of these people are wrong. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, they've simply found what they found, what works for them and bingo, like they're on it. Okay. Like, and all you've really got to do is find that combination that works for you at the same time. When I say that, like, um, you know, what got me to the dance, um, which I'll say is, you know, was, is keto. Um, even though as much as I love it, um, I don't live there 24 seven anymore. Okay. I, I really don't like 
to be totally honest, I I haven't tried to be in a ketogenic state for a, a few years now, even though I've probably kind of drifted in and out of it, like intermittently, like not trying or whatever. But uh, yeah, you know what I mean? Like no, no big deal. So at the end of the day, use what works for you, make it yours and scrap everything else. At the same time, here's a big reason why I say this. If you've, if you're anything like me or if you've ever seen friends do like yo-yo with their weight, you know, like up and down or whatever, typically they're going to do a diet, find a bunch of different positives on there. But because the diet itself had so many hoops to jump through so much, it was like 10 pounds of crap in a two pound bag at the end of the day. Instead of breaking all the pieces apart and taking what works for them, what ends up happening is, is because they were told and indoctrinated and forced upon believing, thinking that they had to do every single step in order to abide by that one diet, there was a straw somewhere in there that broke the camel's back. And then obviously that sent them reeling back. Okay. That's not what we want. Okay. So don't ever be afraid to break things apart. Okay. And more than anything, treat it like a buffet. Okay. Perfect example. If you, if you're anything like me, you know, you might go to like Las Vegas or whatever. Nobody knows what to eat. You go to a buffet. Awesome. You go there, you stack a plate or whatever. You can't help but notice that you can go to a really nice, you know, a a nice one or whatever. You leave. Everybody's happy. However, whether it was the first round or like the 52nd round or whatever, everybody's diff plate was a little bit different. Sometimes they were exact same. Sometimes they were totally opposite or whatever, right? However, everybody left happy, right? At the same time, in order to leave happy, a lot of times inside of that process, they went ahead and tried something. And if it didn't work out, they just left on the plate, whatever, and went on to the next. Okay. Like I'll tell you right now, if we just simply apply that one trick that one thing to everything from like the food that we eat to the exercises that we try change everything why because it takes that pressure off of our shoulders that now allows us to have like that freedom that innocence again where we now get to go out and play with things in ways that like we never once did why because we don't have that pressure anymore and like dude the faster we can take that pressure off our shoulders i'll tell you right now speaking of that pressure a buddy of mine who's like a, my big brother a guy by the name of akira fukuda um literally is one of the most winning coaches in us history when it comes to the sport of karate this year 2020 um tokyo olympics us um will be going to uh, fight in for karate okay uh, first year ever uh, first olympics ever that they'll be using the sport of karate in there and one of the biggest things we were talking about um you know like his winning record and stuff like that one of the funniest things that you'll see him do unlike any other coach is that he has almost no pressure Okay. Um, he literally makes it so easy for the people that he trains, people that he, uh, you know, the people that he works with, his students, the people on his team, he makes it so easy for them and he doesn't give them any pressure and he doesn't give any, give them any pressure. And what happens is, is that they automatically want to rise to the occasion. The funny thing about that is that I don't know if he purposely did that or didn't do that. However, you can't deny the guy's win history, okay? And so the funny thing about that too is that when we look out, especially in January, and you look out February, March, April, May, whatever, and whether people's someone's doing the XYZ diet or you know they're doing like the XYZ exercise or whatever, 
and you watch all these people crumble, right? A lot of times it's because they have like that whole 10 pounds of crap in a two pound bag and there's all this pressure and they end up crumbling under that pressure, which it's not really fair to them and it's not really fair to really any of us to sometimes do that to ourselves. Sometimes, yes, it is fun. Um, I'll be honest in the fact that sometimes I really do like pressure. Um, you know, there's obviously a time and a place for everything, but 24 seven, no, probably not going to work out. Okay. So yeah, treat it like a buffet. If it's awesome, awesome. If not scrap it. Okay. And again, the reason why we're easily able to test and get away with things and try things and, you know, obviously let go of things that don't serve us is because that pressure at the end of the day, it's just wasted time and energy more than anything. Okay. And not only that, it's a precursor to failure. All right. At least, you know, not for everybody, but dude, for the vast majority of people, if we look at everybody's setting resolutions, right. And I don't mean to, I don't want to be a Debbie downer more than anything. I want to like rip the covers off and be like, dude, here's the fastest and easiest, most effective way to call the crap for what it is. Why we can now take that time, money, and energy and invest it to where we're going to get really easy wins and not only crush it now, but now build the foundational pieces that'll completely set us up for the rest of our lives. Okay. More and more than anything. Okay. Now here we go. Here's a huge one. And this one really goes to not only common sense, but to anybody who's ever struggled on a diet whatsoever. Okay. And here's, here's what it is. Okay. Here we go. So if our body's going to change over time and our diet doesn't listen to your body, Okay. Give, if you haven't already, like give yourself that permission and embrace what no diet will ever embrace, which is yourself. Okay. Like what your body's going to tell you. Okay. And I mean that, and I say that, and here's why, like there was a time in my life, especially when I was like super crazy on keto and super, you know, high fat, low carb or whatever. I was this guy that would literally spend like my waking hours reading case studies from around the world on the ketogenic diet. And it was very empowering at, at one point in my life. And what ended up happening was, was I was like, man, like I've got to get like my protein in. And I've obviously as a type two diabetic, I don't want to spike my blood sugar. So I got to keep, you know, obviously my carbs down. And how do we do that? We'll eat a healthy fat or whatever, whether it be like a, you know, an avocado, oh, obviously not avocado. Cause at the time I was doing zero carb, but it replaced that with a fat. And at the same time, I'm like, okay, protein and fat, like what better animal than a pig? Okay. So long story short, I went zero carb. I ate a bunch of steak. I ate a bunch of these pork rinds that you get from the Spanish place. And at the time I was so fat adapted, so protein adapted. I ran my first half marathon fasted with just coffee and water. Okay. And I literally walked into my next uh, blood panel appointment thinking that I was going to crush it. Thinking like, dude, I, I didn't have any carbohydrates. My blood panel probably has to look like the sexiest thing that my doctor is ever going to see. I just ran a half marathon. Like I got this like type two diabetes, my cheeks, right? I walk in there and she completely rips my head off. My blood sugar was high. My inflammation markers were all over the place. And I was like, dude, I didn't even know how it happened. And long story short, um, I didn't even know how and why that happened until I was like Googling one night and then I found this blog called Zero Carbs In. Long story short, there are type 2 diabetics and a lot of people out there that have a high inflammation um, response and even a high blood sugar response to pork of all things. And I didn't know that. I didn't know that at all. And it's not a bad thing about the diet. It has nothing bad, nothing bad about the animal. It's just everybody's physiology is different, right? Like some people have allergies. Some people have different tolerances, okay? And so what I say is that like, you know, Yes, there is a time and a place where you got to beat your chest to maybe get some like momentum going with any sort of diet or any sort of resolution. However, at the end of the day, 
keep in mind that we're doing this for like us, right? We're doing this for our health. We're doing this for the people that we love. We're doing this for to live the life that we want for us and the people that we love. And so at the end of the day, like embrace what no diet ever will, which is ourselves. And how and why do I say that is because instead of being that pompous and arrogant guy that would like beat my chest saying this diet, that this diet, this, and it's gotta be this way or whatever. And like throw science at people and, and be this other guy. I didn't know this, but I was like peeing in my own beer and drinking it. If I were to take 30 seconds and tipped my finger and see, it's like, saw like, dang, like my blood sugars through the roof. I could have done that at breakfast. And then Knowing that I was shooting myself in the foot before lunch on day one, I wouldn't have had to drag myself through, you know, days, months, weeks, whatever. And the side part about it, here's the crappy part about it, okay? Like, look, for anybody that knows me for the longest time, like, I was like the token fat kid. So, failing a diet, like, yeah, dude, like, it wore on my self-esteem. It wore on the way that I looked, on my, looked at myself and, and it sucked. And it really sucked. But what really sucked, I'll tell you right now, like, that didn't compare into the reality that, when I went down that road, I don't know how much time I might have taken off my life because I was that guy pumping my chest about this diet's the best when I never took 30 bloody seconds to tip myself and see like if it was actually working. Like, dang, like, dang, if that would have changed everything, right? And I say that to you in the hopes that, hey, look, if I can help you now eliminate that so whether you're going to hit a plateau, whether your body's going to change or whatever, and you have that in your arsenal to now just fly right through that where someone like me just kept running, like would beat my head, like beat my chest and ram my head into the wall over and over and over. Please know that that does not have to be you. Okay. Absolutely. Now that I say that the second part of that is now that we understand that, um, you know, it might not be our fault as to why we're here. Right. So everybody's journey with a metabolic condition, whether it's type two diabetes or even like cancer or whatever is different. Right. So like for me, you know, I was like, I was basically like that emotional eater. I was that kid that like attached everything to food. If I, if I got, if I did something bad, I got spanked. And then like when no one was looking, I would eat ice cream. And then at the same time, like I would get bad grades. And then when I would turn things around and get good grades, my dad would be like, all right, DK high five. And then we'd celebrate with food. You know what I mean? And like everything was attached to food. And so, um, I don't know how and why, but I ended up having this really, um, this really irrational, really emotional attachment with food. And then that unfortunately led me to becoming type two diabetic. And unfortunately led me to my provider at the time telling me that I've nothing changed that I was about, you know, about 12 months away from starting dialysis, not knowing that that's how I watched my grandfather pass like in front of me. You know what I mean? And so, well, not really like in front of me, but at least deteriorate in front of me, I should say, or at least maybe just, I shouldn't say deteriorate because my heart is with anybody going through dialysis or, or maybe in that, in that direction. And don't get me wrong. Dialysis for a lot of people are great. It's great. Okay. Like it's a place of extension. It's a place to try new things. It's a place to wait for a uh, transplant. And I would never take that from anybody. However, I just want to be very honest, upfront and transparent in that, um, you know, watching my grandfather go through that wasn't necessarily all that great for him. Okay. And so, yeah, anyways, um, you know, what I say, what I'm saying is, is at the end of the day, um, you know, it might not be our fault as to how we got here. Okay. But at the same time, it's now our responsibility to do what's right. 
right? So when I look at my relationship with food, um, it's healthier now than ever. Why? Because like, I really just had to kind of get honest with myself and say, Hey D like, why do you feel this way about what you're eating? And like, why do you feel this way about, um, maybe trying to turn things around and like, why do you have this? Why, how can you do so well in different places? But when it comes to this part of your life, you have like this crooked self-esteem and, and it's like, so like not only self-deprecating, maybe in a a funny way, but in the same way you're really kind of like beating yourself up on the inside, like not really telling anybody. And so that was a big part of the reason why. And so when I was really that honest with myself and really kind of like pulled the layers back of the the onion, and was like that honest and transparent with myself. It allowed me now to hold on to that and say, wow, like, and make peace with that and say, okay, cool. Like, you know what? Like as much as that sucks, let me go ahead and embrace that. And let's go ahead and turn that, turn that around so that my kids can now watch me turn that, turn that around in front of them in the hopes that it not only helps me make peace with that part of inside of me, but maybe even inspires them. Right. And so anyways, um, you know, it might not be your fault again, like how we all got here. Right. But in the same breath, like it's now our responsibility to do what's right. Like do what is just right. Like to do and take that right, that, that, that next step in the way that works best for us. Okay. The next one there is, you know, put it out there, um, stay humble and really just continue learning. Here's what I mean by that. Okay. Like, so put it out there and stay humble. And because the, the reason why I say it is the faster that we can objectively look at something. Okay. And like take our ego and our feelings away from it, the faster, the better. Okay. And here's what I mean by that. So growing up, um, my two best friends in the world were a guy, but it was a guy by the name of Kevin and another one by the name of Jeremy. Okay. And so, um, I was always the token fat one. I was like the one in the middle. Right. So you've got like, you know, um, Kevin was, you know, obviously a lot thinner than me, shorter than me. I was like the fat one in the middle. And then you had like Jeremy who was like a little taller, lanky and, you know, a lot thinner than me as well. Okay. And we used to absolutely back in the days in the eighties, we used to love riding bikes together. Okay. And we would like do everything from ride bikes to the park, um, around the neighborhood. We would jump ramps and we would, here's what would happen. Okay. So for example, we started on a ramp, we would hit a ramp and what would start out almost as, you know, typical, right? You hit a ramp and you're like, who goes the farthest, right? Well, honestly, like, so Kevin was a little shorter. He would hit speed real fast. He was the quickest. Okay. However, he would hit the ramp and he wouldn't go as far because he was quick, but because I was like, so, so for me, I was heavier, but the time I put my body weight into those pedals and I was taller, right? I can hit a faster, higher speed and I would just freight train the ramp. Okay. And then when Jeremy would hit the ramp because he didn't weigh like a tank, like I did, he was longer. He had longer legs. He can build even more speed. And that just happened over and over. So Kevin might land here. I might land here. And then Jeremy might land like, you know, maybe five feet in front of me on a ramp or whatever. And what um, originally, or maybe initially turned into like a mini competition because it always ended up being the same thing immediately, almost every single time, immediately turned to all of us trying to help each other, right? So it was like, Kevin, dude, you know, try to pedal this way. Or Kevin, are you setting yourself up on the, on the ramp this way? Or, you know, DK, maybe give yourself a little more room before you hit the ramp. Or, you know, Jeremy, try, you know, pulling up your wheel before you, this, you hit this part of the ramp. And we're, we're all brainstorming. And like, instead of looking at who's winning, we're just looking at like, how can we objectively help where we're at or help one another. Okay. 
And that mindset, that little mindset shift, okay, like it's only like two degrees, okay, because at the end of the day, we're still trying to go as far as we can, the best that we can. However, it stopped going from a I'm first, you're second, and you're third to no, like how can we step back and away from that and just regardless of whoever lands where, like how can we improve it? How can we do better, right? Like do we try something and it sucked? Okay, cool. Do we need to scrap it or do we need to put it to the side for now and maybe implement it, implement it later? Or did we try something else and now we can mix that something else with that something that we put to the side and get even better results, right? Like that's the way that we now want to look at things. So if we can literally just put it out there, stay humble, understand that some things are going to work. Some things aren't going to work. However, if we can get away from putting the emotional part behind it and now look at things more objectively, right? It gives us the, um, the ability to now reinvest th- that emotion into the positive side. So when we do crush it, or maybe when we do find ourselves in a low part, we can make peace with that part that's going on inside of us. All right. The other one there is going to be in this journey. What I found, which is probably like food for the soul more than anything is to lift someone else up. Okay. Whether you're doing bad, whether you're doing good or whatever, okay. Lift someone else up and help someone else out. Like it's probably one of the best ways to not only like feed the soul at a, at the same time, like you might be stuck in a rut, getting out of your own space, right. And then lifting someone up and then like just watching somebody like come to life, whether it's like just holding a door open for somebody. A perfect example is like we were shopping, um, for, uh, for, you know, for Christmas or whatever. And we're, you know, it's crazy, right? Like everybody's shopping. Every store is a crazy mess and we're in there and, um, Everyone, like everyone's racing for gifts basically. Right. And there was this lady who kind of like stepped to the side or whatever tripped. And I immediately stuck my arm out and I, like I hugged her and I pulled her to me so she wouldn't eat it. Okay. This older lady, I didn't want her to eat it because we were over by the cooking section inside of a store. So like, there's all this, like, you know, these like pots and pans and like there's glass and I didn't want this lady to eat it. Right. So I literally just stuck my hand out, grabbed her and like pulled her into me, like hugged her. And then she she stopped, she looked over, she was kind of startled, but then she understood that I caught her and then she just stopped and like, she smiled. And then I was just like, all right, you know, like, and I let her go. And like, you know, as I let her go, God bless her older lady, you know, you like rub her back or whatever, you know, like you okay. And she's like, I'm fine. And, and she was totally happy. And, and what's crazy is, is in that split second, my mind went from crap, I got to find something before somebody takes this thing or, you know, whatever to now it was like, Hey, like that lady's awesome. I just made a new friend. And the next thing you know, like it was super uplifting and more than anything, I don't know. It's just good old fashioned food for the soul, right? Like who doesn't want to be good to someone else? Right? So yeah, by all means, lift someone else and help someone else or lift somebody up and help somebody else that along inside of this journey. I'll tell you right now, when it comes to having empathy for somebody else, so we were talking a little bit ago about like, you know, um, at one time I had to be that guy who's beating his chest about his diet or whatever. When the truth of the matter is, is like what you'll typically find when somebody crosses over to the other side and they start doing really well for themselves that you don't need to say that anymore to do that anymore. Right. And then that basically elevates to a whole nother level of empathy and compassion for somebody else that might be in a similar position. But what if they're eating something and they're trying to follow the same way, but it's not working. Or what if they got tired of eating the same way? Or what if their body started to change? And 
at the end of the day, it's different if you're trying to lose like 5, 10, 15, 20 vanity pounds, whatever. We've all done that, whatever. Who cares, right? You know, it's just like no big deal. When you have something like type 2 diabetes or even a metabolic condition that can ultimately lead to everything from a heart attack, stroke, hypertension, and kidney failure, like it's a different game. There's a different level of care. There's a different level of meaning that goes into that stuff, right? Which is why, you know, hey, like I say, like if you're in that point of your journey right now where you have to beat your chest about XYZ diet, hey, it's all good. But at the end of the day, like if we understand that our body might change, is it possible that somebody can get tired of eating the same thing? Is it entirely possible that doesn't matter what diet, that if you put every try to put everybody in the box, that that mode or that that view of, or that tr- trying to do that to everybody is typically a long or a huge setup for failure long term for a lot of people that if we actually step away from that and say, hey, and have enough compassion, right, and lift somebody up by saying, hey, okay, I understand that you might have some of the same challenges that I can, I, I, I might have, how can I step out of my own square in order to help you? What are some other, like, what are other options I can help you find? And like, how can we help one another? And the faster that we can do that for someone else, not only does it give us another resource, right? Maybe you know if we end up having the same thing not only do we now have an answer that works we can now also share that with someone else and then bingo our growth and our speed and our depth of knowledge and what we can do with for you know for ourselves the people that we love and for one another exponentially grows just that fast right just that easily and it's simple right it's simple like helping somebody out like sure sometimes you might start trying to help somebody out and ends up being a lot more than you ever asked for however not all the time Right. Sometimes it's very, very simple. Sometimes a really easy gesture. And the last one that I hope that I really want to impart in you, because inside of this whole 2020 thing and whenever we make, you know, a New Year's resolution or even if we're just even if you listen to this and it's like June or something and you're making that promise to yourself that you're going to take that next step and crush it. When you have type two diabetes, understand one thing and one thing more than anything is that when we're pursuing the life and the health that we want, that nobody deserves to waste our time, okay? Like, time for us is precious. And what I mean by that, obviously, I just gave a little uh, example a little bit ago when I went down one diet, and I'll tell you right now, to make things totally fair for people on different diets, because people might be thinking right now, Davis, I thought you were a low-carb guy, and da 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 Look, let me tell you right now, what's more important than any diet is if you can look into your to your, like look in the mirror, look in the people that you love in the eyes and know that you're going to be there for the, yourself and the people that you love. And you're going to be there for like the dreams that you have for yourself and the people that you love. That to me is more important than any diet. Okay. Like, let me just put that out there. Okay. Like if I, if I meet you on the street and you're saying, Hey, like I have type two diabetes, I have cancer or whatever. And then you have this big smile on your face and your health is up. Your blood panels, ha- you know, your blood panel is awesome. You're happy. I look like you might look at your wife or your kids or whatever. They immediately light up like a Christmas tree and I can see the love in your eyes. Like I don't need to look at your plate. No, you know what I mean? Like, no. Okay. So to be fair to everybody, look, the same thing actually happened to me when I went vegan. Okay. So, um, yeah, I did go vegan for a while and it blew up in my face just as well. If you want to know why here, I'll tell you right now in a 30 second synopsis, basically I went, I juice fasted. So I did not eat any solid foods whatsoever. I only drank juice. Okay. And at the same time, um, so here, here's what happens when you juice. Okay. So whenever you juice and you eat something or 
and whenever you eat something versus juicing, whenever you eat something, you put it in your mouth, you chew it up, you swallow it, okay? It goes in your stomach, and your body has to now burn energy to open up and break the fibers open and open the cell in order to open up and get that simple sugar or that energy out of the cell, okay? Now, if you're juicing, one of the benefits that we get is that all because all that fiber is not there, all the vitamins and nutrients go straight into our bloodstream. Okay, but at the same time, guess what also goes straight into our bloodstream? Okay, all that natural sugar. Okay, at the same time, you know, at, um, I was eating a bunch of, you know, carrots and hummus. Okay, like, so what's a carrot? It's a root vegetable, also high in carbohydrates. Okay, um, what's hummus? It's a few things, right? So, like, it's olive oil, it's tahini, herbs, spices, and garbanzo beans, right? Uh, what's a garbanzo bean? You know, squish it, right? It's a little bag of starch. Right. So what do you think is going to happen when you give a type two diabetic a bunch of carbs, a bunch of starch, you mix it with some fat and you rinse it down with a whole bunch of sugar. Right. Like, of course, my blood sugar was going to be high. Of course, you know, my triglycerides were going to be high. Right. Like, what was I supposed to do then? Like, think like animals had anything to do with anything like, no, of course not. Right. And I say that because, again, like if I would have, um, you know, secret number four or number three, which is if I would have tested, OK, measured tested set things on fire i've could have i've could have tried that at breakfast on day one and just like within minutes like not even minutes like 30 seconds i would have had answers before lunch on day one i wouldn't have to drag myself through all the other crap okay and so yeah um you know unfortunately i did the same thing there like how much time did i take off my life that i might not ever get back I don't know. You know what I mean? Maybe I recouped with all the different things that I've done to turn things around. Maybe I've recouped some of that time. I do not know. I absolutely don't know. But at the end of the day, I say all of that. I shared all of this stuff with you in the hopes that you don't have to go through any of that. And now that you have, not only can you see like just how easy and just how foundational all these different pieces are, I hope more than anything that it A, empowers you. B, that it helps you yank the covers off of where a lot of other people are failing so you don't have to go down that route. And B, and three, if you do find yourself going in that direction, which we all do, it's all, you know, it's all natural. It's all good, right? Life is full of ups and downs. No worries. You now have the mindset to now go out, continually test, try new things and be the first to move. So anyways, I absolutely hope that serves you well, you know, more than anything, I don't care if you look at really, not only is this like something that I've just kind of found that worked for me, the more that I actually look out and look at other people who've transformed their, um, you know, their health, um, you know, whether it's strictly weight loss, whether it was, you know, whether they're type two diabetic, whether they're fighting some other, you know, um, you know, metabolic condition or whatever, when we actually look at this. And we look at their entire journey. You can't help but see these threads completely woven through there, right? Not all at 100%. However, they all exist one way or another. So I absolutely hope that serves you well. I absolutely want you to crush it. Know right now that, look, whether you're a type 2 diabetic for fighting for yourself, the people that you love, or even the people that love you, know right now that you're absolutely not alone and that my heart is 100% with you. If any of this was any service to you, know that I'm doing a live 21-day transformation challenge. I'll be doing this stuff live with you, like literally just doing it all, like putting it all out there for free. This is way bigger than me. 
more than anything, I really want to do my part in helping save as many lives and help saving as many families that deal and struggle with the same metabolic condition that I have. So, uh, yeah, if you stuck with me for this long, I love you. My heart's with you. And let's let's crush it. All right. I'll see you in the next one. Later.